I'm trying to think it's about five Potawatomi fluent speakers, native speakers, and that was their language. So we're trying to bring that back. And we have some episodes about that. A couple of apprentices, citizens who went to Wisconsin, and they spent three years there learning the language. Podcast Junkies, episode 194. Welcome back. I'm your host, Harry Duran. Hope everyone's doing well today as we head into, at the time of this recording, spring, Mayflowers, April showers, etc., all that sort of stuff. If this is the first time you're hearing my voice, thank you so much for checking out the show. This is a passion project that's been going five years strong now, since 2014, and closing in on episode 200, we're going to have a very special guest for you regular listeners of the show will probably know who that's going to be. In case you missed last week's episode, we had a nice conversation with John M. of Sober Speak. He is the host of Sober Speak and has um, been in the Alcoholics Anonymous program for over 30 years. And the podcast covers stories from folks that have been not only in that program, but any of the other 12-step recovery programs. And it was just an, a nice uh, conversation with someone who is really passionate about his his guests. And I learned a lot about the organization. And I think uh, if you haven't listened to it, you will as well. So I appreciate John for taking the time to come on. As I appreciate Kyla Carnero, who is this week's episode. She's the host of two podcasts. One is Yaj Maunen. Maun, Maunen. <laughs> I knew I was going to mess that one up. And so it's a show. Uh, the former is a podcast that she created uh, by working with the Potawatomi tribe. So this episode is full of tongue twisters. <laughs> and we, t- we hear the story of how she connected with them and helped them start a podcast. Uh, we talk about how we initially met at Podcast Movement, uh, now going back over two years ago. Um, she covers this, the interesting power of passing history down f- from generation to generation through storytelling and the potential for Native Americans to use podcasting uh, to share their stories is something we talked about as well. She talks about some of the reactions she had from her podcast and what she's learned from not only uh, doing the podcast, both of the podcasts herself, but also the opportunity that she had to appear at Podcast Movement on stage at a podcasting panel. And she received a lot of valuable feedback on the format of her shows, which we share as well. We talk about the format of both of the shows and dive in a little bit deeper on So It's a Show and why she actually took the opportunity to create a new podcast that was very different than what she had done with her first. We have a, a lot of fun on the show because it's it's a chance for me to reunite with old friends and I'm sure that comes through in our conversation. This episode is brought to you by the one and only Scarlet 2i2 from Focusrite. It is my go-to sound card of choice. I've been using them for years now. I'm trying to remember back when I first gave it a shot, and I was so impressed with the sound quality and the portability of it that it just became my go-to recommendation, and it's what I tell clients to use every time we do a new show and a new setup for, for them. I always have my Samson Q2U as the go-to microphone and the Focusrite Scarlett 2i2 as my go-to sound card. The beauty of it is that it makes everything easy and it gives you a panel uh, at the front of the sound card for you to easily control the levels of not only your microphone, which is extremely important, but also your headset, your headphones, so you can continue to monitor your sound, which I think is really important for you. 
as a podcaster to be considerate of when you're recording with a guest to make sure you always know what it is that your mic sounds like and also helps to pick up ambient noise in the room that you might not be aware of. So the Focusrite Scarlett 2i2 makes that extremely easy to do. And I'm happy to have built a relationship with Dan and the folks at Focusrite. And it was great to always meet them at uh, these podcasting conferences. So my go-to recommendation for when you're ready to step up your audio sound to the next level. Don't forget to listen to the end of the episode for the retention hashtag. And if you're new to the show, it's a little Easter egg at the end, and uh, you'll have to listen to the end to get to it. But for now, let's jump into this conversation with Kyla. So Kyla Carnero, host of Yajmonen, and so it's a show. Welcome to Podcast Junkies. Thanks. Great to be here. So we, this took us a couple of times to reschedule. <laughs> <laughs> but we made it. Yes, but we made it. I always like to start off the show with uh, the story of how we connected. It goes back to Podcast Movement 2016. Yeah, Chicago. What were you doing at Podcast Movement and what were you attending? Just, you know, hanging out. No, I was <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to start a podcast, Yashmanen, at my work. And I was looking for some training, some sort of conference and found Podcast Movement. And I'm in southwest michigan mm-hmm. so chicago is just a little bus ride yeah so no big deal there so went over and now i've been to three so and i've seen you at all of them <laughs> did you actually take a bus there i did i don't mind taking buses other people hate it but i like it i just hop on and don't have to think had you ever been to a conference of that type or that size I have been to a couple social media conferences because that's really what my job started as, um, writing and social media. And then we wanted to get into more storytelling and audio storytelling. So I was like, I'm kind of done with the social media conferences. I get the basics. Look at your analytics. So I needed something to, about, yeah, podcasting and storytelling. And so podcasting was great. Which uh, social media ones have you been to? Um, let's see. I still get emails from them. So social media summit. Okay. And I don't remember. The social media one. marketing world is the big one. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's, <laughs> that's the one in San Diego. Okay. Oh, mm, nope. San Francisco. Yeah. I don't know. You would remember that one because it, A, it's pretty pricey and B, they do this pretty cool thing on a battleship for the opening oh. night. It's a, it's like a meet and greet and they give you this, um, puzzle or this game where you basically have to find there's like fun facts about people in the room and you Mm -hmm. just have to figure out who it's about so you have to go and talk to like almost everyone in the room because you're like is this you is this you or or find someone who does this or some (laughs) find someone who who has a dog or something like that so it's pretty cool because it forces interaction with people so that's a really good idea for a conference yeah people who've been people who've been there talk about that a lot so they like that yeah no i didn't go to that (laughs) <laughs> so what was your impression? Because I've been, I've been to podcast movement from the beginning when it was a Kickstarter and it was in Dallas and it was, uh, it was really small. And I remember it was like a lot of people talking about like entrepreneur stuff and to see what it's become now is so bananas. I think, uh, I saw Jared in, um, Las Vegas at NAB a couple of weeks ago and I heard that they might get like 3,000 people there. And I know there's room for it that (laughs) where we are going to be. It's going to be, oh, yeah, it's in Orlando. So, yeah, there's that's the land of conferences. So, I think they'll. (laughs) But what was your impression when you first got there? And, like, in in terms of like, I've heard interesting things from uh, people about the community. So, I'm wondering what your experience was like as a a first timer. 
it was overwhelming. I was super intimidated talking about different shows uh, with people. And I was like, man, I don't know about any of these. Who is that podcaster? How do they know them? But then I quickly realized, well, there are thousands of shows. Of course, I'm not going to know all of them. But it wasn't intimidating because it seemed like other people had a lot more knowledge, which they did. That was fair. They've been doing it longer than I had. But I just felt like I had met my people, you know, Mm. like, and now it kind of feels like summer camp, honestly, (laughs) like, oh, hey, everybody, Um, you know, still talk to you and people I met the first year and the second year and third year. So yeah, it was intimidating, but I learned a lot. When So I, I imagine you were focused more on the beginner tracks and like literally like what to do, how to get started. Did you know anything about podcasting when you showed up? I have background in video. Okay. So as far as editing, like the technical side, that came easily because if I can edit video, I can edit the audio mm. essentially. Mm, what, what did I focus on that first year? It's hard to remember. I think I... I listened a lot. I went to a lot of sessions about interviewing techniques and I was just kind of soaking it all in. Yeah, (laughs) it is a lot. And sometimes I take it for granted because when I go, you mentioned the summer camp and that's what it's like for me. It's like a, I call it a high school reunion because Mm -hmm. the more you go, the more friends you have to add to the list. And every time you go back, now you keep seeing more. And sometimes you only see them then like thankfully i go to other podcasting conferences so i catch up on all my podcasting peeps but when you have a podcast that talks about podcasters or interviews <laughs> podcasters you tend to make a lot of new friends uh, from the show that you want to catch up with and so it gets kind of crazy and sometimes i don't get to go to the sessions because i get stuck in the hallways having all these yeah. conversations with all my friends i remember you saying that and i'm not sure if i'm going back this year unfortunately mm. but just being farther away and everything but i I feel like that would happen to me this year (laughs) if I went like, I'm just going to talk to people, but that's super valuable too. Yeah. So what are you you currently editing in? Adobe Audition. Okay. It's funny because, yeah, because you lean, you gravitate towards the tools you already know. And I had done some electronic music production when I was, when I got first started. So I was using Ableton Live, which is like a full blown tool for music producers and Mm. (laughs) it's like meant to produce like actual music and but that's what i knew and it was it's obviously overkill but i use hindenburg now um which is a lot simpler because it just focuses on like editing voice and you don't need all the other bells and whistles but and and you're liking it yeah i love adobe audition because i can edit right on the audio piece you know i don't have to click a bunch of buttons it just felt really natural to me I don't know. Final Cut is what I've always used to mm. edit video. Yeah. It felt really similar. Can you recognize like ums and lip smacks now on the on the way file? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know what my ums look like, which you'll get to know a little bit if you yeah, do yeah. this. But <laughs> yeah, those little little pieces. I and I love both sides. Like I love getting into the technical side of it, mm. even though the creative and the interviewing and the storytelling is mm-hmm. what drew me to it. But I love the technical. I love that I can recognize the M's. And did you have an idea for what the show would be before you went? And and did that change at all after you left Podcast Movement? Mm. I started with wanting to share stories of our citizens. Because I guess I should say, I work for the Pokagon Band of Potawatomi Indians, which is a tribal government in Michigan, Southwest Michigan, and we have land in Northern Indiana. So I'm not, a tribal citizen myself, but I was hired for 
with our website and social media. Mm. And this was something that our chairman wanted to try. And storytelling is a big part of the tribe's culture, um, especially audio storytelling and speaking it verbally as opposed to writing it down. So it was kind of a perfect fit, podcasting was. So I was really inspired by Death, Sex, and Money and their format with Anna Sale. So that is a little bit how I based it off of to begin with as far as cold open and then the real opening and then getting into the story with some narration. And I've stuck with that for the most part, but ready to, I'm working on one right now. Just had an elder come in and share a few stories that are not true, but they share, um, I guess, lessons. So I'm putting in some sound effects and things. Mm. So that's kind of fun and different. Yeah, so it's I released the first episode the day that podcast movement started, 2016. And so I did have an episode that I could share with people and ask for feedback on. But after podcast movement, I think it just gave me more. The first episode was rough. It was short. I didn't know how much how long of an interview I needed to get for a 20-minute episode. So, I definitely learned from releasing just releasing the first episode, getting that over with. And then going to podcast movement. So can you tell, uh, talk a little bit more about how you ended up working with that tribe and a little bit of their background? Yeah. So I lived nearby where the tribe is before. So I was looking at jobs. Just I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. Have a journalism degree. Did not want to be a reporter. Not interested in news journalism. More feature and storytelling and so there was a job for our local paper. And I looked at that and I was like, oh man, I do not want to do that. <laughs> but right next to it was a job for the Polkagan Band. And I didn't even know they existed, which many people did not know they existed, even though they've been there, of course, since before we were. And interviewed and was hired. So it's it's not a magical story, even though yeah. it seems like it should be because it's such it's a world that I was never a part of and that most people aren't a part of, you know, but in Michigan where we are, the tribe, it's not set up on reser- reservation land like you think in the West. Mm-hmm. So it's parcels of land. Some of it's connected. Some of it is disconnected. And so we have sovereignty on those portions of land. So we have our own police force and and our own laws and things, pretty similar to American laws. You're not going to walk onto the land and then mm-hmm. suddenly be arrested for, yeah. I don't know, chewing gum. But started there, and then my position just really grew with what I was interested in and what we had need for. So, yeah, now it's podcast is now my favorite part of my job. So I, what I thought it's interesting, you said it's the Pokagon band yeah. of Potawatomi. So Potawatomi is the tribe? Potawatomi. Potawatomi. Potawatomi is the actual tribe then? So there are several tribes of Potawatomi Indians. Mm. So there's some in Oklahoma. And the Pokagon Band is unique because they weren't forced from their land. So we're on the original Mm. land that they lived on. And the the pieces, the parcels of land that we've purchased and that we've gotten sovereignty over Mm. is where those original communities lived before English settlement. So we were able to stay on our land, whereas other Potawatomi tribes, a lot are in Oklahoma and 
some others in the surrounding area. So does that answer your question? Yeah, no, it's, it's fascinating because I think, you know, when people think of tribes, you know, they're, they're familiar with like the ones that are in popular culture. They've heard a lot of Apache, Sioux, and Cherokee, but I don't think people realize like actually how many different tribes were in this land before everyone else arrived. Mm -hmm. do, yeah. do, you know, do you know what that count is? There's more than 562 federally recognized tribes. Wow. And federal recognition is essentially the government, the federal government saying, okay, we recognize you as a tribe because you've met these qualifications and now you can get certain benefits as far as funding from government organizations and you can get sovereign land. But that's a whole nother process. You're not just given a piece. You have to go through a very long, thorough process with the the Bureau of Indian Affairs. Okay. Interesting distinction there is that you said rec federally recognized. There's probably a list of tribes that were never recognized, but, you know, they self-declared or something like that, right? Yeah, because if there aren't enough people to make up accounts or if not enough people are practicing, you know, there might be a whole community, but they aren't aware mm. of it or, or they weren't, those traditions weren't passed down. And so... Yeah, it's a, a whole process. And we were effectively recognized in 1994. So we have some awesome photos of a lot of the community members in the Oval Office with President Clinton as he's signing the, the recognition. That's cool. I think what's, what's fascinating is this idea of normally in the Native American tradition, stories are a huge component of how history is passed down from generation to generation. I mean, natives across the world not just obviously here but i think that's that's how tradition is, is handed over from like and and it's how they keep and, and honor the traditions of the past because obviously there's no, there's nothing i mean to document and you would just have to rely on the elders to to tell you the stories and, and it's probably something that's built into the culture like don't forget to pass on the stories and don't forget to pass on the stories and is that something mm -hmm. you will you were already familiar with is that something you just became more aware of as, as you started working with them? Yeah, I didn't know much about Native American tribes. I could not have told you anything that I just told mm. you before I started working. So it was, I felt very, I felt honored. Like it felt special that they would welcome in other people and share all this with. And now I, I don't take part in ceremonies and things, you know, it's, it's not like I'm, a member of the tribe by any means, but working for the government has been really eye-opening. I mean, wh when would I have ever learned all of this without wor working there and being there daily? But as far as the storytelling, I even just learned it further along as I worked there. So I, I started the podcast in 2016, but I started working there in 2014. So I didn't learn the importance until, you know, even in 2016. And then we have other storytelling programs as far as just recording people because yeah, you're right. Audio sharing it verbally is, is how, is how they've shared their culture and their language. And, and with all that has happened from the time that English settlers came here until now, there was a big breakdown in culture and passing that down and we have some episodes about that on Yajmo Nen, someone talking about their mother who was in a uh, boarding school. So in the, was it the 
40s or 50s in the 1900s a whole generation of native american kids were taken from their families put in boarding schools their hair was cut they weren't allowed to speak their language so like this whole generation just not ended the culture but it just took away it didn't allow this this whole generation to pass that down to their kids so there are only I'm trying to think it's about five Potawatomi fluent speakers, native speakers. And that was their, their language. So we're trying to bring that back. And we have some episodes about that. A couple of apprentices, citizens who went to Wisconsin, and they spent three years there learning the language wow. from fluent speakers. And now they brought it back and are teaching and they have their own apprentices. So rebuilding is huge. <laughs> It's so important because because of the archival nature, and, hope, and I'm, I'm assuming they'll keep updating the technology so we can listen to the audio forever. But now, since, you know, f- for those tribes that are actually smaller and didn't have the ability to keep continuing the tradition for whatever reason because of, you know, our <laughs> the settlers' influence or just the dwindling numbers, it seems like every, I would think like almost like, I think that every tribe should have a podcast to be like to tell their story <laughs> to tell their stories and have so have you because of the work you're doing here has anyone approached you or are you or have you familiarized yourself with like what's happening or, or is anyone doing something similar with other tribes there is a native american radio network and they have some different shows but not really interviewing and storytelling and ours they're present day stories so they're citizens living their lives mm-hmm. right now and we talk about the past a little but i think a, a big misconception i know is that native american culture and life is in the past and we're remembering the mm. past but it's really it's the it's the present you know those traditions and practices still live on so i don't know of another tribe doing this exactly as far as having a podcast and i haven't looked for a few months i think but like i'll go and i'll try to find see if there's somebody else so we can collaborate Mm -hmm. but no i'm sure that there are other tribes who are archiving these stories though and recording them just not sharing them in a podcast but yes everyone i mean really everyone needs a podcast but yeah i think every tribe does (laughs) so maybe your next project is going to be starting the native american podcast network well, I think I'd feel more comfortable with that if I was Native American myself, but I yeah. could help. What's been the reaction to the people that you've that have either heard the show or the people that you've had on the show? I have been really encouraged by it. I love seeing the interaction online with other citizens. So I had someone on recently, Lindsay Williams, and called the episode Shining Thunderbird a woman because she just got her her given name, her native name um, from a a healer. And so she just had been through a lot and she wasn't always, I mean, she said so herself, was not always on her best behavior, but then just turned her life around, got out of a bad abusive situation, came into the community and they really just lifted her up and she just got an eagle feather, which is the highest honor you can get. So just to see that transformation and then everyone's reaction on, on Facebook, you know, where there's, we have a lot of citizens, which is like, wow, great job, Lindsay. That's amazing. And so proud of you. And so I really love seeing that. That's really the whole point. It's for our citizens. It's for our community. 
And people from the outside are welcome to listen and learn, but it's it's really for our citizens. So the reaction has been a lot of community building, which was what we wanted to see. And another citizen, he just passed the bar. And that, again, was just like, hey, mm. good job. <laughs> like, look at where you yeah. came from and where you are now. So a lot of those kinds of stories and try to get a diverse, you know, as far as age and gender and to not just be, you know, sharing from one part of the community, but everybody. And what have you learned or what have you changed since you started? Because you probably had a format um, and and an idea in mind for what the show would be. But n- now that, you know, that you've got all these episodes under your belt, like, how's that changed? I think when I first started, I was looking for, like, what are those amazing, life-changing, <laughs> like, what uh, stories that just shock yeah, yeah. you? And I realized that's that's not what people care about most in the community. So first I was so focused on getting those stories that, you know, big national podcasts can mm-hmm. find because they have a lot of people research time and, and, and a very large people who they can interview. And we have 6,000 citizens, which, and most of them are, a, a large percentage are kids. So, you know, less than that and then less than that who live nearby. So I was looking for those. And then I started realizing I interviewed a citizen who was going to scuba school. Mm. Pretty basic. I mean, you know, but but still interesting. Like, who goes to scuba school? And posted that. And people had the same reaction of, wow, that's so cool. That's so interesting. Great job, Skylar. And so through that, I saw, I think people just want to hear from mm. each other. And they just want to connect. And, you know, plenty of citizens, just because of how the larger society is structured, don't live in the community, you know, they live elsewhere because of family or job. And so being able to connect with people intimately, you know, audio is so intimate. And being able to hear from their from other citizens, I think means a lot whether or not they just saved 20 people's lives or went to school school. <laughs> What's well, fascinating because it's I mean, I think every podcaster thinks about that. And you know, you hear some of these, you, you mentioned death, sex and money. So people, you know, podcasters who are familiar with like how the reach of those shows are like, well, I want my why is my show not getting like a million downloads? <laughs> mm-hmm. And then but something you alluded to is really interesting, because I thought about that, like I was going after like big podcasters when I started. And I was like, I want to have all the big names. And I'm only going to talk to people who've had like 50 episodes. And then over the years, I've realized like, it's so much more interesting if I scratch my own itch in terms of curiosity, and conversations that I want to have. And I've had just a, just a random number of folks. And a lot, a lot of the conversations that I have are with people that I've connected with previously, because I feel that's a more intimate conversation. As a, and you can sort of tell when people, two people are talking that I've never met before because it's really like it's yeah. really like uh, it takes a while to sort of like break the ice with them. And I've had occasionally some folks like you know that I've had the opportunity to to talk to where I wanted to talk to them, so that's why um, I hadn't met them previously. But for the most part, I think it's just really interesting because I'm fascinated by how people like podcasting is like the starting point, but then we just dive deep and I, and I think that's that's something like I, I think what what you're uh, what you just referenced is the idea of just telling the stories of those people and that's more much more engaging especially for the people that listen um, are you introducing people to the world of podcasting who have never even heard podcasts as well yeah oh lots of that <laughs> whenever someone comes in my office someone new I'm like hey have you listen to our podcast and they're like we have a podcast or what's a podcast yeah. <laughs> 
And I say, here's my card. Show me your phone. Do you have, you know, Apple or Android? I can show you how to find it. So I, I do a lot of that. And hopefully people, I, but people, we have subscribers. Yeah. So like definitely people have gotten it. And, and we have, you know, some direct communication with citizens that I'm able to use to share those out. And I ask people all the time when I see them just for feedback, like, hey, what do you want to see more of from us? And and they're just like, more episodes, more podcast episodes. That's good. <laughs> I'm like, okay, good. You like them. Uh, what's the current frequency? Oh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I would love to be able to say that's super consistent. Yeah. But with finding those people and scheduling, it's supposed to be once a month. Okay. And oftentimes it is. But Sometimes I skip a month, so about once a month. Well, you do have another podcast you got to attend to as well, right? <laughs> yeah, but that um, no one's uh, paying me or asking me to do. <laughs> so talk a little about uh, So It's a Show. Yeah, and you know, I thought of that when you said, you can tell when two people are having a conversation and they've, and they've never met because my co-host and I actually were not friends before we started mm. hosting together, but People tell us we sound like we're friends. We're best friends from a long time. So I'm like, okay, I guess we're doing something right. But that is so it's a show and it's totally different from Yash Monen. And it's about the pop culture references in Gilmore Girls, the TV show. So that started out of me loving the show mm -hmm. and but also recognizing that I did not know what in the world so many of those characters were talking about when they would reference different movies and characters and people and I was like what are they saying <laughs> and so it just came out of my own curiosity and my own need to understand what they're talking about because I love the show so much but mm. I wasn't understanding I don't know 25% of the dialogue because they spout off these references yeah. all the time and so I was looking for a co-host though because I didn't feel that that was one I could host on my own. It just didn't seem as interesting if it was just me talking whereas mm -hmm. I could have someone to bounce off of. So I was kind of thinking among my friends, who loves Gilmore Girls? Who would be into this? And I was social media friends with Taylor because we went to school together and went to college together. Mm -hmm. And uh, she had posted online about Gilmore Girls and I was like, oh, she likes Gilmore Girls. That's cool. And then a while later, she was like, oh, here's a couple movie reviews. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay. She reviews movies. She knows about <laughs> pop culture. Eh, maybe, maybe I'll ask her. And then she posted a photo that she went to a live taping of a podcast. Like, okay. She's got all the criteria. <laughs> she, all so the, all I just, the boxes checked. Yep. So I just reached out to her. It's like, hey, I know this is really random and we don't talk. <laughs> but what do you think? And I actually posted it i actually reached out to her it was november 6th of 2016 so if that date rings a bell i just felt like i should just do this who knows what's going to happen in the world and she was kind of feeling the same way so we talked for an hour and she was like all right let's uh do this and then we recorded our first episode which is so rough and i need to put a little recording at the beginning that says this episode was our first one and it does wow. not closely <laughs> reflect how the rest of our episodes are please skip ahead um like well every every podcaster in the world would have to create that because like if you literally like uh i just hit um the five-year anniversary on april 9th and it's the 18th when we're recording this so uh, a couple of weeks ago 
So it was, I play. I I just released the trailer that I put out on that day, and everyone. I think every single podcaster cringes like when they hear their voice, when they hear like how nervous they sound in the beginning. <laughs> so all that stuff is um, true for everyone. That's podcasting. Yeah, I mean, our first episode was. I think it was like twenty minutes. The rest of ours are usually an hour. Now, so very different as far as timing, and we were so structured, and we had our sections, and instead of what it is now, which is, it's a free flowing conversation, but we've done our homework, we've done our research and we're sharing. Um, we know who's going to talk next, but mm-hmm. we are able to feed off of each other too. So it's casual in the way we talk, but it's a lot of research goes into it. There's so many podcasts that, I mean, there's a whole genre of podcasts that are based on TV shows, which is, which is its own thing. So mm-hmm. do you use the episodes as like the basis for, the episodes of the show as a base as the basis for an episode of of the podcast? Yeah, sort of. So we started in season one, the pilot episode, oh, okay. and we choose one pop culture reference to focus on from every episode of Gilmore Girls. We've skipped a couple when none of the references warranted an entire episode to talk about, but for the most part, we've stuck to that. And we summarize the Gilmore Girls episode, but it's really about the pop culture. Um, so it's really niche because if you got to like Gilmore Girls, you got to like pop culture, which mm-hmm. if you like Gilmore Girls, you probably like other pop culture. So what have you learned? Because if you're, if you're digging deep on pop culture references that you knew nothing about, and it looks like you're up at about 47 episodes now, that's a lot that you're actually learning in the process. Yeah, I'm editing our episode 54 okay. right now. And we release every other week. Okay. We've only we've taken a couple holiday breaks, but besides that, we've been going for three, two and a half years. And I have learned so much. I mean, just a let's see. I watch Misery, which oh, yeah. that one's a little newer. I love that. Mary Tyler Moore Show, That Girl. Oh no, is this going to separate us as far as generations? <laughs> no, no, no. Be like, I know all of these guys. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because if you think about when Gilmore Girls came out, which is like 90s, right? Mm-hmm. So they're probably referencing shows. Obviously, they're referencing shows and, and things that are before them. So they're talking about stuff from the 80s and the 70s. And yeah. Mary Tyler Moore, that's the 60s. Yeah. It's a fascinating way to sort of get yourself up to speed with, you know, yeah, just references to things that people would basically just ignore and be like, I don't know what you're talking about. But it, it's fascinating mm-hmm. that you actually use that as the basis to start the show. So you you were curious when you were watching enough to say, what are, what are they talking about? Yeah, I mean, I wanted to start my own podcast on the side when I started after Yashman and I was like, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> I yeah. need another one. And I had this idea based, I mean, just completely out of necessity. <laughs> I was like, I need to know. And one of the most timely references that we covered was gaslighting. Oh, wow. And that's a term that we've been hearing all about. And that was a movie from, was it the 40s? And so you really have to watch it to the whole movie to fully understand that concept. And the movie's called Gaslighting? The movie's called Gaslight. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, I mean, under the term, obviously, and it's a, it's a reference to our current political climate. We'll just leave mm-hmm. it at that. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it fits so perfectly. And so watching a whole, several episodes of a TV show or watching a whole movie to understand these, like, you really get it. So I've I've been enjoying it thoroughly because 
now I can reference things <laughs> yeah. that I never would have been able to. Well, it's fascinating because now it's it's I'm curious at like where that comes from or, or because it seems like there was there's references in almost every episode because if if it was something that was just jumping out at you, it was a conscious effort by the writers of the show because and that's probably like showing like their age and and what you know they grew up on all these TV shows right so yeah. they're fans of shows so they wanted to like sprinkle them in and it's and it's interesting that they actually made it a point to continuously do it throughout the whole series so much so that you you were curious about what they kept talk you know what are, what are they what are they talking about and you're like so now I got to dig deeper so um but it's been a great way for you to get educated and and now speak intelligently about all these topics but you got to do research i mean like you got to watch the movies mm -hmm. and or, and is it like books you got to read or, or like other stuff you got to do we don't do books okay <laughs> <laughs> but i mean even before this podcast i was watching old not old old movies taylor is more into the turner classic movies she gets into mm. that a little more that era but i was already watching obscure random movies that i was just curious about and like I need to go back and watch my mm. 80s movies and and things like that. So I wanted I wanted a podcast that was would fit into my life as it is already in some mm -hmm. ways because I'm already watching random TV shows and movies. So as far as the research that part of it, like I was already doing that. So that made that easy, but then we also of course dig in deeper and find out to what this what these different tv shows and movies meant at that time because we weren't living in it and so we have to look back you know we don't just know because we lived it so that's been fun too and i also call my mom sometimes i'm like hey <laughs> tell me mary tyler moore is <laughs> what did that mean to your generation yeah. and so that's been really fun too is i'm curious if that's like just an aspect of your personality like when you were watching Gilmore Girls like do you just like have a natural curiosity because when you you know some people watch it and they don't they don't get the reference and they don't think much of it but you you're watching it you, you saw the reference and that sort of like it's sort of like stuck with you like uh I, I need to know what that means so is, is that just in your nature yeah so I've I always say this like I have never been a hardcore fan of like a band mm. or a person or a movie I've just never, I've never had like a bunch of posters on my wall. I just always wanted to learn about anything. Mm. And I would, you know, have a, a night where I would just deep dive into, uh, one night it was Michael Jackson and his relationship with uh, Maria Presley. Mm. I remember that. And I was just watching Oprah interviews and <laughs> like, I was just curious. And so yeah. I've figured it out. So that is definitely a part of of who I am. And that's why, that's why I love podcasting. That's why I love interviewing people because I get to learn something and hear about what they have knowledge in and I don't, but then I get a little bit of that knowledge sprinkled in. But one thing I was thinking of as we're talking that I want to, that I didn't want to forget to mention was with, you know, you talked about the creators of the show and always sprinkling mm -hmm. that in. And we talk about all the time, Amy Sherman Palladino, how did she do it? She's the creator of Gilmore Girls and Marvelous Mrs. Maisel that's been out uh, recently. Oh, yeah. And she, in an interview recently, made a reference to, um, was it Leopold and Loeb? I forget what it was exactly, but it was something that we had actually covered 
in So It's a Show and she was using it in real life. And that was like total proof to us that this is all on purpose because the references do fit really well. Uh, so when are you going to have her on the show? <laughs> well, as soon as we make her acquaintance. Yeah, we haven't done reach. We haven't reached out to any Gilmore Girls actors or creators, yeah. but we've had a few people on the show based on the pop culture that we're covering. So we had someone on who created a documentary about fans of the movie Ishtar, which is mm. notoriously a terrible movie. Yeah. And it was. But he loves it, and he made a documentary with the man who played Gilbert Blythe on Anne of Green Gables, Okay, um, who recently passed. And so we had him on to talk about, why do you love Ishtar? Because we need to understand <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> what, where this love comes from. So that was really fascinating. fascinating. And we had on a couple authors who we didn't you know, read all their books, but we did some you know, research about them, read some of their articles. Yeah. And... Yeah, so we love having on like experts in the pop culture when we get to find out more. Yeah, it seems like be, that would be a good get. You know, should do it maybe for like episode one hundred because the nature of your podcast is based on how they decided to write the show. So like, it's mm -hmm. <laughs> you should start putting it out into the universe. So, some interesting stuff has happened when people have actually publicly made that intention on podcast junkies. Just so you know. So oh, if, okay. If <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna declare it then. I'm gonna interview some Gilmore Girls writers. Yes, it's gonna happen, and just let us know when it does. Okay. So in 2018 at Podcast Movement, you were actually on the Podcast Movement stage. You were in the Podcast Makeover uh, Broadcasting Pros Critique Upcoming Podcast Panel. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that was so awesome. I don't mind being up on stage. Uh, but I didn't realize when I applied for that, I thought it was more of like there would be a podcast or radio professional at a table and then a couple um, podcasters who haven't been doing it as long with them. And then you can kind of talk about it. Like I, that's what I pictured it as. And then I got an email and call from a representative from Jacobs Media and they're like, hey, I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about this. And I said, okay. And he asked me a couple questions and said, so do you want to, would you like to participate? And I, I paused for a second because I thought, well, yeah, that's why I applied, you know, like, can I be in on the, on the discussion? <laughs> and, and so then as we talked more and I said, yes, he explained it to me and I was like, oh, there's only two of us. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought it was like anyone can come and be yeah. critiqued. So I was a little confused on that, but I was happy with the format as it was. That was, yeah. So I sent in an episode, gave him a link to a, one of my more recent episodes that I liked. And not that I don't like some of them, but <laughs> <laughs> one that I thought yeah. where I did a good job. Um, and they listened to it and then brought their feedback. And so he would play little clips. The host would play little clips from it. And then we'd talk about it and radio and podcast professionals would tell me. And there are people from, someone from PRX, wow. uh, Radiotopia. And so I was just like, oh, oh hello, tell me, <laughs> be my friend, <laughs> hire me something. Was that weird? Because they play, would play it over the sound system, right? So, they, so the whole audience heard it, right? Yeah. What was that, that, what was that feeling like? You know, I... <laughs> I I was just really like honored. I thought it was really special and yeah. it was exciting to me. I wasn't nervous. I didn't feel insecure because I was, I was proud of the episode. So I, 
loved that pe- more people got to hear it, honestly. So they gave me some great feedback. I sat back down and took a ton of notes. And then I watched it, you know, when the recorded uh, sessions came out on podcast movement and took in that feedback because some of the things they said, I knew I was having issues with, but I didn't know how to fix it. Mm. And they put it into words. And I was like, yes, that's what I need to be doing. What's one of the, what's one of the tips they gave you? One of them was about my narration wasn't consistent. So I would be narrating and then we'd have our discussion, narrating, discussion. And then suddenly there was like no narration for a long time. Mm. I was like, you're right. That is weird. It should be more consistent. So now I make sure, you know, every, whether it's by certain minutes or page, you know, that I don't have a big gap. And there were, there were other things, but that's the one that I'm remembering now. So that was really, really beneficial. And even actually the advice, the insights they gave to the next person who went, his show was more like my Gilmore Girls show, more mm-hmm. fan-based and discussion. And so I've used some of the tips they gave him mm-hmm. in So It's a Show. And, and what was the tip uh, for that show format? Let's see. They told him, they talked to him about since his episode is so long, you need to tease what's coming up so that people know. And so I built that in a little bit mm-hmm. like, oh, we're going to talk about this later, but right now get into this so that was one that i remember that's interesting yeah i think sometimes people take that for granted uh, especially i think as pod as a podcast junkie i i look at the length of an episode now and i'm like i have to decide if it's worth my time and and i think it, there's some that's something valuable that most podcasters forget probably if it, it is going to that 45 minute an hour mark mm-hmm. um and that's something i've started to do with this show just lead in so i have the show notes written a first pass and then i, I know what the bullet points are and then I use that to sort of introduce so people get an idea of what, what we're going to talk about. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I really enjoyed that. I recommend that anyone to try that because you're getting feedback from professionals yeah. beyond, you know, where you're at directly. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just general advice. It is about your show. Yeah. So what's got you excited uh, with either of the shows as you move forward? Well, I'm excited about this new episode for Yajmo Nen with storytelling and sound effects. I'm looking up a bunch. I've got barking dogs and a scary monster sound. So get ready for that. Uh, for So It's a Show, I, I'm just, I'm excited to get some more guests on. Mm. Need to focus on that. But, you know, that being on my off time, you know, just on my own time, takes like a lot of determination to... Like, okay, I need to set aside this time, figure out some guests, reach out. I mean, we don't even have any sponsors, mainly because we haven't tried because it's, we both are working full time and it's an extra, just an extra time that we haven't set aside. But I'm excited just to continue on because I I love learning. (laughs) And you've got the podcasting bug. Yeah, I definitely do. But I'm excited for future too like i've been looking at other podcast specific opportunities so just putting it out there anybody anybody looking for a producer uh, associate producer i'm right here <laughs> uh, a couple questions as we wrap up what's something you've changed your mind about recently oh something i've changed my mind about recently i was out of left field i don't know I've changed my mind about how good of a plant mom I am, <laughs> trying to be more optimistic, keeping all these plant babies alive. Uh, <laughs> how many do you have? Oh, my. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Wow. Yeah, that is a lot, isn't it? 
But my desert rose just started sprouting some new leaves and I thought maybe I'd killed it. So that's been encouraging. <laughs> well, they always say that if, um, you know, that's the first sign that you can actually take care of something or, or you know, that's living. You start with a plant, right? And then you move on to like a, a pet. But if you can't take care of a plant, then uh, that's probably a good place to start. Yeah, yeah. They're tough though. Yeah. What's the most misunderstood thing about you? Oh, I think the first thing that comes to my mind is about that if I'm having fun, I'm not able to switch to being serious too. Mm. So I tend to, and I've learned this lately from people at at work and other, and other more serious places that I've interacted with, that people think I'm really like straight and I'm not, I don't have a good time, but then I real, but in personal life, always that, you know, just the lively. And so I think um, people from like work life think I'm just serious and why don't, why don't you talk more? And then people in personal life are like, why aren't you, why aren't you more serious? That's so funny. <laughs> so that's something I've been realizing. Well, Kai, thanks so much for making the time to be on the show. Um, I'm glad we got the chance to connect and I learned a lot more about you too. And that's the beauty <laughs> of these conversations and what you're doing with the show. And so um, who would have thought us connecting all those years ago <laughs> at podcast <laughs> movements um, would, would have had us end up here. So uh, thanks for thanks for coming on. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Where's the best place for folks to track you down and to listen to both shows? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Kyla Kathnedu, K-Y-L-A-C-A-R-N-E-I-R-O. Although I suppose you can probably read it in the show notes. Um, and that's going to have all my links and everything. Thanks again. Hope you have a fantastic week. Thanks, you too. Thanks again to Kyla for coming on the show. Always appreciative of folks taking the time out of their busy schedules to share their stories with you. It's not something I take lightly. Don't forget to tune in next week for my conversation with Gordon Firemark, host of the Entertainment Law Podcast, which he's been doing for over 10 years, which is crazy impressive. Don't forget to check out our sponsor, Focusrite, sponsors of the show, and their awesome line of fantastic sound gear, and specifically something I can't live without, the Scarlet 2i2 sound card. It was nice to run into Dan recently at the NAB conference. Intro and outro music composed by Cedar and Soil, cedarsoil.com for all of his fantastic music. And if you made it this far, the retention hashtag will be hashtag Kyla Stories, K-Y-L-A Stories, one word. And you can tag Kyla at Kyla Carnero, that's K-Y-L-A-C-A-R-N-E-I-R-O, and tag podcast underscore junkies as well to let us know you made it that far. Thanks for all you do to support the show. Love you guys and talk to you next week.